coming to you live from Parkview Studios, The Den. It's The Brothers Catch Up, a weekly podcast where two brothers come together and catch up, having a general conversation. I'm Sal Biazzi. With me is my brother, Frankie Biazzi, and Tyreek Hill. Mahomes, just a bomb. Unbelievable. <laughs> it doesn't get old. 75 yards. Touchdown. We are in a new location for the studio, from the, the laundry den. room to the den. And in the den, there's a TV, so we can have a game on while we're recording. We're a little bit earlier in the afternoon because the Dolphins had an earlier game, which they won. They beat the Jets, thankfully. It wasn't the stomping that I was hoping for, but it was a good game. Bad football. Ugly football. A lot of, a lot of mistakes. A lot of... Uh, <laughs> just Yeah, just bad. Football. I just don't like that. It's two weeks in a row... Where the Dolphins didn't play, I feel like, their brand of football. I feel like they have a brand of football now Yeah. under Brian Flores. And, well, I think the... That's a minute 13. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think under Flores, the identity has been just well-coached, not a lot of penalties, good defense. Yeah. The defense was there today, but there's some weird penalties. Win the turnover battle. The offense was just so boring. They yeah. don't do anything well. <laughs> they really don't run the ball well. They don't block. Um, we should also point out that we have almost a guest host today, kind of. Pepper the dog. She is, her face is about the exact height of the microphone. It's, if you hear panting, it's because <laughs> Pepper's just breathing directly into the microphone. I'm sure you've already heard it, but that's what that is. Um... Because of the new space. One of the issues with the den. Yeah. The dogs are loose in here. Which is fine. I mean, I like it. But sure apologize if... Listeners don't. If you hear any noises, that's what it is. Um, so yeah, the Dolphins are going to win today. They move up to 8-4. and four. That's really happy. We're all very excited about that. Unless you're a Jets fan. We do know a lot of Jets fans who do listen to this podcast. Um, I think the guys. Jets... No. <laughs> I hope you're upset. You know who you are. You know who you're, you know who you are. No, this the, is directed at you. The Jets We're happy fans, or sad. But I don't think they're sad. I think Jets fans are like happy, right? Denzel Mims looked pretty damn good. That yeah. was cool to see. Darnold isn't completely incompetent. He's not good. But he's not completely incompetent. And you lost. Which Mims, is, I think, what you want at this point. Mims looked like he had hurt himself eight times today. Like he just yeah, somehow kept getting up. Which is impressive. Good, good for him. Because yeah. it sucked that he was already hurt in the beginning of the year and missed so many games. Mm. But... Yeah, I, I All the drama with Fitzpatrick and Tua is absolutely ridiculous. I don't care about it, except for the fact that like, Fitzpatrick isn't good. And I want that to kind of be the the narrative going forward. And I, Fitzpatrick isn't a I'm good quarterback. I'm glad we have Fitzpatrick to be the backup of our team. I think that he is a competent quarterback to get us through games where we're playing opponents that aren't all that good. Tua is the better quarterback. Tua will be the better quarterback and is the better quarterback. Even if Tua never has a career that develops into anything, right now for this team, you want Tua to be quarterback. So it's not to root against Fitzpatrick. I want Fitzpatrick to win and play well in every moment. It's just a different kind of quarterback. Like when you watch Fitzpatrick, you have to hold your breath constantly for every throw. You never know where the ball is going to go. It's very you never scary know who's watching end up. him quarterback. Yes. Like it's, it's, just, it's a whirlwind. It's a tornado. Every play, you just kind of hold your breath. And he has the games. That's why he's Fitz Magic, right? Like, he has the games where he's going to throw for, like, 
four touchdowns and 300-plus yards. And you're like, whoa, this guy's great. But then he also has the games where he doesn't do that at all. He throws a bunch of picks. Now, today he didn't throw any picks, but there were still two turnovers, not on him. And overall, he just... Even his completions, the throws aren't good. No. Not They're a good not spiral. Accurate. They're not accurate. How many They're balls, to the wrong how side many, how that many, Devontae has to fight away from a defender. Yeah. Or, just, how many drops are because the ball is behind them or over their head? There's a few today. Now, when Tua was pulled against the Broncos, he was having trouble locating his receivers Correct. last week. And he was taking a lot of sacks because he was holding the ball a long time. And then he hurt his thumb in practice, and then he's out this week. And I understand... The disappointment from fans who want to see their young quarterback start every game. And you do get nervous with Tua because of the injury bug and all of those things. But at the end of the day, this team this year, it's all about winning as many games as possible. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It doesn't matter what's happening. Improve from last year and make the playoffs. And even Fitzpatrick, like, he got sacked a bunch today. But I agree. Just win. Win these games. You should win these games. And that's that's where I think <clears throat> the landscape of the the media coverage, it feels very weird to be a Dolphins fan. Because, like, after we had gone on a little stretch, we won five in a row right before the Broncos game. All of a sudden, the Dolphins are being talked about, right? Like, we have a, a rookie in there. He looks okay. The Dolphins are on a five-game winning streak. They look bound for the playoffs. It's exciting. Then we lose to the Broncos, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, the Jets are going to get their first win this week against this terrible Miami team. It's like, what? Well, because our, our, like, we're if anything, we should have been even more favorite because everyone in the media loves Fitzpatrick, and they don't they think Tua playing was a mistake. So I don't know. It's just weird. We never we're always it's always a negative spin. Always negative spin. With it's me. either a negative spin or no spin at all. Like, and we're either ignored to or be, it's. And to be fair, like in. The past, we maybe that it. was warranted. <laughs> but I really do feel like under Brian Flores, we're a better team, we're a better coach team, we, we're we do, so a just, good football yeah. team. With Greer and with Flores, we deserve the benefit of the like, doubt. Like, we beat the Jets. Oh, we didn't let up a point against wait. the Jets on our first meeting, and then going into the second meeting, all of a sudden it's like, well, the Jets might get their win today. I don't think that was right. Before we go any further, I should have started the show with this. But I was so excited because the Dolphins won, and the football game is on. I have a correction from last week's show. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is news to me. I, first, I want to put out there, remember in the first episode we gave you the disclaimer, this is to the audience, not to you, obviously. This is a fountain <laughs> of misinformation. Are, I want this to be a fountain of disinformation. But, uh, last week I referred to the star of Doctor Who. Oh, right. Jodie Foster. Foster. Jodie Foster is the star of Silence of the Lambs. She is Clarice. Definitely not Doctor Who. Not Doctor Who. The star of Doctor Who, I believe, is Jodie Whittaker. I'm not sure. I didn't really Google it. I just, <laughs> just someone, knew it someone, wasn't Jodie Foster. Yeah, someone texted it to me over the week later. It was this person, and then I haven't fact-checked it since then. But I'm correcting it to this new correction. If this is wrong, though... Let me know again, and I'll correct it we again. We know for sure. That's how we will do our fact-checking, yeah. by the way. It's just whoever lets us know. It could be completely false. And I'm we'll not going to fact fact-check. I'm just going to repeat what we I We won't fact-check the fact-check. We'll just take the fact-check. We'll just keep going. So, I like it. Yeah. But yes, not Jodie Foster. It's not Jodie Foster. So I apologize for that. Anyway, back to football. and Dolphins. little interjection. Um, I don't remember what I was talking about, but I think it was a good point. But I think I was kind of I have another done. point. I have another Dolphins point. Jason Sanders, 
best kicker the Dolphins have had since Alindo Mare. Best kicker I've seen the Dolphins have since I've been an adult fan of this team. And best I kicker jersey. Best kicker in football. Right now, I, think I mean, I don't watch enough other teams to know for sure that there's no other kicker that's better than Jason Sanders. But in my gut, I think that he's fantastic. Yeah, no, he's great. And I think it's really cool. Like we kind of talked about that, right? Like, is getting a having like a cornerstone kicker. It's kind of cool. Like they're yeah. they're hard to come by, and if you can get one who's just awesome, it really just helps your team when you know you're in a tight game or a tie game. You just like if we just get to say anything near fifty, yeah, or further. We're we probably, got a good shot. We're probably gonna tie it, win it, whatever it is. So that's really cool. And it helps if you ever get into an overtime situation, too. And he's good on the kickoffs. He's always hitting touchbacks. A little squib today was kind of cool. Yeah. So, really great for him. Two Speaking hopefully of his, kickers. Yeah. Uh, did you see the Vandy kicker? The no. girl? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So she... I, I've only seen one clip of it, and it was the kickoff to start the second half. Okay. It was a squib, I heard about her. I it was a squib anything. kick. The ball went to the 35-yard line, and that's where the play ended. And I think that was her only kick of the game because Vandy's terrible, and they never had a kick again. Never had a field goal opportunity. <laughs> never, got, never scored to actually kick off. So that was it. Wow. And the takes online were very funny, right? Because like, half of it was... Um, was it a squib for sure? No. It, was <laughs> not, it wasn't a squib. And everyone online... That was the thing, right? Everyone online was like, it was a squib kick. It's like, well... To start the second half, we're going to kick a squib to the 35. You could have kicked it out of bounds, and they're going to get it at the 40. <laughs> like, just weird. I think it was just like, she's not that good of a kicker. <laughs> and it's cool. Women, I like it. You know? Very progressive. Sure. Let's put... They can do what men can do. Not really in this situation, but sure. It was just... I don't like the publicity, the publicity around it. I think it doesn't seem genuine. I think she's not, she didn't earn that spot. I don't think. I don't. I think it's easy to overlook the job that kickers do on these football teams, um, both punting and field goal kicking, place kicking, um, and kickoffs. But I do think if there's anything that a woman is going to do in the NFL, aside from refereeing, which they're already doing, and um, trainers and trainers, stuff like that, coaching possibly. Coaching is going to be very difficult. Head coaching is going to be very difficult. Maybe there's just for the locker coaching. room aspect. Yeah, but maybe Mike someday. Fr- Mike Francesa has had that argument. It's like for, there's for, just no there's no infrastructure, what, and then there's no his argument exactly. Like, his argument is always what's the pipeline? Yeah. Like what is the pipeline right now? If you're a woman, women, you want to be a head coach in the NFL to get the how do you get there? Yeah. There's no path, and it's not even it's not even a matter of just. It's not even just a matter of like coaching. You have to coach your way there. Yes. And there are going to be women who can do that someday when there's going to be that candidate that comes along to be a head coach who's probably going to be a woman in the next decade I do or think so. eventually. I think I'm, they'll get the job. It'll be interesting to see, though, how they handle the type of adversity that comes along with it. Well, I'm, I'm kind of curious because like, you see it a lot the other way, like in soccer. Yeah, When like the head coach is a man. Yeah. For a women's team, Have we I, I don't know. I don't know enough soccer, but like, I wonder how that locker room kind of deals with that. Have we ever discussed the, my stereotype about Creepy college soccer, soccer coaches who coach women's soccer? Man, I don't want to talk about it on the podcast. Sorry, guys. No, it's it's offensive to soccer <laughs> coaches. <laughs> Sorry if you're a soccer coach. 
Uh, um, so the Dolphins got no help around the league today, though. So our playoff hosts are still kind of up in the air. Um, the only thing that really was kind of good was the Raiders lost. Yeah. Other than that, it doesn't really matter. Pats kind of stick around. But they really did. The Jaguars yeah. losing, even though the Browns losing would have been better, the Jaguars losing is still kind of good. Because if, if the, the Jets, Jets get a win. a win, maybe the Jaguars can. But they said the Jets' remaining schedule on the broadcast. I don't know. I don't think there's a win in there. It's they like can, Seattle. They might be able to squeak one out. They play the Browns, Seattle, uh, New England, and I think the Raiders. I think there's another team in there, but I'm not sure who it is. But like, they gave us really tough. It really felt like they gave us their all at home, and they had no chance, and they were never close. They scored three points. We've played them for eight quarters. They've allowed. They've managed one field goal. They're well, not they a kicked, good team. They kicked one to another one today, but missed it. Yes, Sergio. Mr. Biceps. Sergio. <laughs> Mr. Biceps. <laughs> He's looks at looking huge. Spends no time practicing his 30 yarders and just misses it. Because he spends all his time in the gym. This is good. Good. Good girl. Pepper is relaxed now. Just stomping <laughs> all over those pillows. Oh my gosh. Um <clears throat> We have the Buccaneers game on now, and it looks good for the Bucks. Tom Brady. Tom Brady should retire now. No. It's full Andrew Luck. Retire in, at half time. They just showed a graphic. In the first Ooh. year, that's not a good backflip. In the first year <laughs> under Bruce Arians, I think it showed Couch, uh, Winston. I don't know who else was on there. I forget the quarterbacks. But all the quarterbacks that were on there. Through their career high in interceptions the first year with Arians. Yeah. Maybe Arians isn't that good of a freaking offensive coach. <laughs> he just throws the ball deep. Tom Brady doesn't throw the ball deep. No. Like, he can, but that's not where Tom Brady's strength is. Tom Brady's reading defense, picking them apart, and working down the field. So I think the coach kind of hurts him there. But. I mean, you would think between the two of them they could get the offense going, but. I mean, they're a good team. They're a good team. They're whatever. Whatever. Next week we play the Bengals. It's going to be weird when Tom Brady's out of the league. I can't wait for that day. He should have retired. He should have scored. Only because like, I don't think he's ever going to do anything on the Bucks. Even if he's good. But if they don't win... If they make the playoffs, it'll be fun to see him in the playoffs with another team. Yeah, but if they just lose... What if they get stomped out in that first game? Ah, and then never make the playoffs. Like That's how you want to go out? Maybe. Why not? He just wants to play football until he's 45. Do it. You should go work on his golf game. Do it till you can't. He can't. <laughs> I like. I'll I like, say it. I'll tell him. Stop playing football. I like when Big Cat says that he can't play late at night. I think that's hilarious. It's kind of true. He's old. He gets tired. He Later gets. It's harder. <laughs> <laughs> that is really funny. Um. I have. So it's been a long time for me, I guess, where I've been into music. I used to be really into music, and I play guitar. I think most people who know me know that I play guitar. But the last few years, there just haven't been enough room in my briefcase. I don't know if you've ever heard this analogy. No. You only have so much time for so many hobbies. Correct. All right. So music always takes the backseat to all my other hobbies. Except you These didn't days. make yourself a guitar, like, did less than a year ago. Yes. So that's kind of cool. But in terms of, like, listening to my favorite artists... Like, I don't really do that anymore. 
My problem with it is podcasts. Podcasts has completely killed music in my life. There's so much more entertainment value I get out of Listening podcasts, to podcasts than out of music, which sucks. I used to love music. Like, I have music tattoos on me, and it's like, it's weird that... You don't listen to them. I don't listen, yeah. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I kind of agree with that. But, I was listening this week to Aesop Rock's new album, um, Survival Guide for the Spirit World, I think it's called. Correct. Gotta say, really like that album. Start to finish. Like, I've listened, I think, to every Aesop Rock album, going back to, like, back in the day, like, the early, mid-2000s. Float. And I always thought that there'd never be anything better than day labor because like that's just like peak your creative height when you're a young kid and you're angsty and you put out something really good but this really feels like an artist who's come such a long way to like reach their highest potential like they've put everything together they've accumulated in all their past works to and have just the right balance of all of it to make something special. That's I, what this album sounds like I to me. think this happens a lot with artists. And it's not just for Aesop Rock. I think it's it's bands, it's everyone, right? You start off and you gain this following and you're good, right? And then you grow. And as an artist grows, they change their sound maybe a little bit. And they find certain things. And then they... It's not for everybody. And then you kind of lose some people. Some people stick through. And a lot of bands and artists kind of never get back. They yeah. just kind of fizzle out. Yeah, like, I'm waiting for Modest Mouse to put out that album that and puts it they all might, together. They may never do it. Yeah. But Aesop Rock has worked through it. Like, I think, for me, uh, Skeleton. I didn't like Skeleton that It much. wasn't. Yeah, it was okay. Like There's certain good. songs in there that Some were... Some of them were good. But then Impossible Kid, which I will say... Impossible I like Kid, that. I didn't I think loved, it was great. See, I loved Impossible Kid. I think start to finish that album, bangs, it's fun. He just... He's so fun to listen to. He's just so yeah. good. But I haven't listened to... My goodness, it's fantastic. To, to the new one, yeah. I'm like song three in songs in. Now The Gates, I knew The, the Gates, Gates is really a single. good. I like that song a lot. But there's a song in there, Crystal Swords, that is just really good. There's a lot of like short musical interludes in there that are creative and fun. The concept of the album it doesn't beat you over the head, but like you notice it and it, it flows throughout the album really naturally. And the album does sound like what he's trying to make it sound like. And it sounds like what happens a lot with concept albums, and the reason why I don't usually like them, or not, don't usually like them, but usually going in, I'm like, oh, it's a concept album. I like so. concept albums. I think they're fun. Most of the time, an artist, it's a gimmick. Like, an artist needs a spark. They come up with an idea, right? It's concept. And then they try to shoehorn every song into this idea. And it ends up compromising the individual musical value of the songs for the overall idea that they wanted yes. to tell them. It's, okay. And there's a lot of, like, filler and things that aren't that good. The best concept album that I have always used as like the example or like what you should strive to is Yushimi and the Pink Robots by the Flaming Lips. I think that album, every song is great. They're, they really don't... The, re, the concept is all over the place, you know? Like you, nothing sounds similar. Don't know the work, but I do know the album artwork on that album is awesome. Yeah. So that was always what I would refer to. But this album, the concept here enhances every song. Like, knowing what the concept is, and then Helps listening you. to the individual yes. songs, is it puts it together where you're listening for different things in the song than you would be if you didn't know the concept. And it both ways, if you, whether you know the concept or not, the song is fun to listen to, good, makes sense. And it almost sounds like he's heard a lot of the criticism over the years of people who say, like, oh, his rhymes are just gibberish, or he's not... 
Which I always hated that. It makes yeah, it's always been an Ill- illegitimate criticism. But it sounds like he's taken that criticism and deliberately made his rhymes even more sharp. His lyrics are so sharp in this album. I'm really looking forward to, to listening to it for that reason and to kind of get the feel of the, the concept. Because he says it in that opening track, which isn't really a track. It's him just kind of talking. But he, that's what he says, right? Is Hey, not every song is going to be for you. Go to the section in this album that fits what you're looking for, fits your need. And I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. So, yeah, as a, as a concept. And it definitely was cool to go back, like, and put on an artist that I haven't listened to what made new you, stuff in a while. What, what made you put it on? Like, where were you? Were you driving? Um, no, because I wanted to listen to The Gates again, and I saw the full album release. I wasn't even aware that the okay. full album had released, and I put on, I had a long drive ahead of me, put it on. Every song, literally, was just nodding my head, thinking, like, and it's, and it's you know how good he is with beats. Like, yeah. Some of his beats can be so good. Every song starts... Now, he produced this whole album. Yes. Not Blockhead wasn't on it, I don't believe. I don't think so. I think it's just him. But the, as soon as... Again, disinformation. Who the hell knows? <laughs> as soon as the songs would start, though, you're, you're like, in it. You're, it's like the first note, your head's banging. You're like, oh my gosh. And there's sounds that you don't even expect to hear in rap songs like He invents sounds and then puts them. I'm very excited to listen to it. He um, uses a lot of electric guitars, a lot of like really crazy synths. It's really a fun. My next long drive, that'll probably be what I put on. I definitely recommend it. So if anyone out there is looking for a new album, if you like any sort of, uh, I guess, indie rap, Aesop Rock has always been one of the best you could go to, but his new album is, I think, a top-notch album. So... While you were listening to music, I found myself getting into the holiday spirit. Nice. It's, you know, Thanksgiving's over, Christmas time is here, one night it was early, home, me and Amanda are sitting, let's watch a Christmas movie. Got it. So we get all the streaming services together and kind of get through. No, not Die Hard. We can have that debate if it's a Christmas <laughs> movie. But, <clears throat> so, I had never seen... On Thanksgiving, I was talking to Rachel about like top five favorite Christmas movies. All five she, are Die Hard. No, <laughs> no, she does not like Die Hard. But she put the Santa Claus movie in there. Now that's not even close to a Christmas movie compared to Die Hard. All right, shut up. <laughs> I can't even argue with you because Die Hard is just a movie that takes place on Christmas. on Christmas. It doesn't make it a Christmas movie. Yes, it does. And it's gotten to the point, like, the Die Hard being a Christmas movie has gained enough traction now. But it is a Christmas movie. Where it's, like, it's, like, fun to, you can't to say, listen. oh, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. It's, like, it's old hat. No. Die Hard's a Christmas movie. No one really thinks it, but we all believe oh, it now because it. it's fun. I've always, I've always said it, no. and it's always been true. It's, it's old a hat. Christmas movie because the entire plot revolves around the fact that it's Christmas Day. All the best lines revolve around the fact that it's Christmas Everything about it is Christmas. It's old Christmas movie. And plus, like when you watch a Christmas movie, you're not like, oh, I want to see explosions. No, you're like, I want to watch, I want to watch a nice Christmas movie. Is Jingle All the Way on your list? Yes. You're a hypocrite. (laughs) Jingle All the Way at the spirit of the movie is built around Christmas. So is Die Hard. And finding a Christmas present. Yes, Die Hard. No, it's not. (laughs) Ho, 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 motherfucker. Because it's Christmas time. It has yeah, nothing to yeah. do what are you talking with about? Christmas. There's a distinct difference here. In Jingle All the Way, he's only looking for Turbo Man because it's Christmas. Correct. Okay. But so there's a the Christmas same. parade because oh it's my Christmas. God. Exactly. They're at a Christmas party because it's Christmas. He fights off a 
fucking warehouse of midget Santa Clauses and shit. Not they weren't midget, but one was and a midget. That's John McClane fights off German terrorists. But that's not the same thing. The Russian terrorists, or wherever the heck they're from. It's not the same. Serbian terrorists. I think it's German. It's what's his name? Hans Gruber. Yeah, that's. But I don't think he's actually German. That sounds German. I think they're Russians. But no, I. So what? We got off track, and that was my fault. So you and Amanda were watching. Watch this. <laughs> so we decided let's watch the Santa Claus movie. Okay. I've never seen them. Yes. With Tim Allen. With Tim Allen. In the first Home one. Home Improvement. He falls off the roof. Falls off the roof. Puts the jacket on. Yes. Got it. Good movie. Never like, seen I, it. I never, you've never seen it either? I have. I've seen them all at various stages in life for various amounts of time, but, but I have, have no ever... desire to sit down okay. and watch them. So we sat down. I don't like the. You know what on. it is? No, see. What? I don't like the, the divorced kid thing. No, 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 hold on. This part, this, is, this is why it's great. It's like this, a theme of 90s movies. That's why this movie's great. And all three. The third one sucks. And the second one's not as good as the first one. But the first one's really good. And we watched all three in a row. Wow. Yeah. I'm, so here's, here's my take. It's such a good idea. Like, sometimes <laughs> they're just movies, like, at its core. The idea's awesome, right? That you could become Santa... Now, there are a few things in the movie that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. One of the themes that you, like, really drive home is that no one believes in Santa. Like, these old, old adults don't believe in Santa, but then, like, they meet Santa. But, like, in this universe, you're establishing Santa does exist. Yeah. Tim Allen becomes Santa. And before Tim Allen is Santa, there is another Santa. Okay. How do people... If, if in the universe you create, Santa is real, why are people not believing in Santa? Why am I wa- physically watching... Santa. Santa, leave presents at people's houses, but then those people aren't believing because are they also buying presents? I, I that's right, a well, big loophole in the movie that doesn't get talked about. Two thoughts about. on that. First of all, that's like Elf because I have the same thought in Elf when they're in the park and I'm like, you all just saw the sled crash. Yeah, like, like I mean, like can we all just be like, it'll save Christmas if we believe in Santa? And there's still people like, no, I'm not saying. <laughs> that always but bothered that, me. But no, but that's my point. If in any Christmas movie. That revolves around the premise of, like, Santa is real. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense, because if Santa was real, no one would question <laughs> it, right? Like, that's why Santa isn't real. Because... Well, we might have listeners that still believe in Santa, so I don't I, want to spoil it for anyone. He might be real, everyone. He's not real. He might be. And if he was real, there wouldn't be people who... Do you know where, you know where I'm going with that? Like, does that make sense? Yes. The cynical conspiracy theorist in me wants to say... It's a subtle commentary on the propaganda state and how people are conditioned to believe things that Haven't. to believe things even if they can see evidence to the contrary right in front of their damn faces. Santa Claus is in the park, everyone. You still don't believe. But, we told you he's fake. I mean, fake. I get that, but if you're one of the people in this movie, like in the second one, he starts dating this woman who like had a traumatic experience as, like, a child that Santa wasn't real, and she got, like, punched in the nose <laughs> for believing in Santa and got bullied. Oh but God. Santa's real in this universe. Like, what? What the heck? What was going on in our household on Christmas Eve? Were our parents leaving yeah, presents? Because and Santa was yeah. just skipping that house? How are, yeah, how are the Because presents? Santa's real. The adults should realize the presents. Like, you didn't buy those. Yeah. So, that really bothered me. But, this is the, my biggest takeaway. Okay. I want to write a script. All right. To the sequel okay. of the Santa Claus. Got it. Now, here's what I'm going to do. We I can't store be... it on Google Docs. Correct. But I want it to be called the Santa Claus 4, the third one. <laughs> because the third one is so bad, and it takes away from the first two, and I think it really tarnishes like going back like that it even exists. 
So I'm going to write... Like the Godfather 3? Yeah, kind of, right? So I'm going to write the fourth one, but the timing of it is going to be like right after the second one. Can you make the fourth... Can you make the third one make sense in that timeline? Probably not, but I don't want it. I want to forget it because it's that bad. Yeah, fuck that. But Tim Allen's blackballed because he's a Trump supporter. So it's going to be tough to get this movie made. Do you know that he trafficked cocaine? That's pretty cool. I know, like back in the day. I'm... Again, disinformation. I don't know if that's true. I'm sorry, Tim Allen. I'm pretty sure it is, though. You should Google it yourself. I believe Tim Allen was once busted for a cocaine trafficking. Um, but like a lot. You brought up something there that I, I do want to get onto the... I want this out there. Okay. Just in case. All right. What, how much long have we been doing this? It's only 28 minutes. Okay. You mentioned we can't store it on Google Docs. <laughs> now, there's a reason. There's a reason why we can't store it on Google Docs. When I was a senior in college, or maybe it was a junior, I don't even remember, wow. I had a screenwriting class. Yes. Now, me and you have always talked about writing a movie. Yes. I think we could write a good movie. We think so. So we, we, think of, came, we overestimate our abilities very often. All the time. That's why, whatever. But th- so, <laughs> we came up with this idea for a movie where we would have a superhero who's a stoner, and his powers come and go with his weed and his highness. We would call this movie Super High. I, we actually flushed out a scene from this movie. We have a script. Yeah, we, we have we, a big script. And all of a sudden, a couple months ago, or not <laughs> even months ago, it was a couple weeks, a weeks ago, ago. Seth, Seth Rogen, Rogen comes out with the movie with the same title, Super High Me. About Super High. About, super high. Oh yeah, just Super High, not Super High Me. Super High Me might be a thing. Well, it's definitely that's, not It ours. is. That's it's a definitely not our, It's not our movie. But that's not our movie. Our movie's <laughs> just super high. And so is this. Super high was the story of a character. He lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And... Well, don't, we can't give too much away. I know. Because what if we want to make it? I know. But he would smoke weed and then find himself in situations where someone would need to save the day. And in his stoned stupor, he would develop the exact power needed to solve that issue but by the time he sobered up he would think that the whole affair was my favorite dream my favorite part from our (laughs) movie was the cat burglar yeah we had this idea for a villain cat burglar who doesn't actually know what cat burglary is (laughs) and what she thinks it is is that she dresses up like a cat and just burgles yeah miss stilson but that movie now the cat burglar just lives forever on my it's all a parody on real comics it's too highbrow to fully get the concept out. All you need to know is that Seth Rogen... I don't know what their movie is called Super High that's about a superhero who smokes weed for his superpowers, but it sounds way too similar to ours, and I know we didn't finish ours yet, but it makes me think that their deal with Sony allows them to go into my Google Drive and see my scripts. Now, that's, I know I'm a conspiracy theorist, and obviously that's very far-fetched, but Fuck still... Fuck you, Sony. <laughs> Fuck you, Seth Rogen. I want money. That's our movie. <laughs> Pay me. Pay me. You know where I live. Because <laughs> you stole our script. <laughs> Pay me. All right. We got off track there, too. Yeah. Really, at the end of the day, though. The Santa I... Claus needs a, a redo. Mm. The third one. So what are your favorite Christmas movies? Ooh. Because mine are already... all Die Hard. It's Die Hard 1. There's no other Christmas Die Hard. I was going to say, how could they... All, all the other Die Hards are terrible, too. Like, Die Hard 2 is kind of fun. But you hate Christmas things in general. You don't like Christmas don't music. Christmas you don't things. like Christmas movies. I get tired of Christmas music. I don't like that... Here's my thing with Christmas music. They're good. 
a lot of the songs are nice and catchy, and I sing them all the time, and they're fine, like, whatever. I don't like hearing the same things over and over and over again. It makes me feel like we live in some sort of dystopia. Yeah, it's just because you're a negative person. I know. But that's okay. Like, we're all entitled so what to are your, So what are your Christmas movies? If Die Hard's only one. one. Die Hard 1. Okay. That's it? That's your <laughs> one Christmas movie? <laughs> Have you seen any other Christmas movie? Yeah, well, I mean, the Jimmy Stewart one, you know, the, the nice one. It's a wonderful one. life? Yeah, it's good. I don't <laughs> think it's Christmassy, and it's kind of depressing, to be honest. It is. I, I agree. It's I way actually, less Christmassy than Die Hard, and it's way more depressing. It's a wonderful life. Good movie. Bad Christmas movie. Not really a Christmas movie. No. It's I fine. Know. All right, there. It's I'll a Christmas that. movie. Die Hard's a better Christmas movie than that movie. All right, there we go. Um... I really do like Jingle All the Way. I always reference it because it's a goofy, stupid movie that's actually pretty movie. terrible. Sinbad's awesome. But yeah, Sinbad's cool. He should be in more things. I don't know what he did to piss off people. Yeah, I think people hate him. <laughs> I don't know what he did. I don't know what he did. People aren't happy. Um, but I like him in Jingle All the Way. That movie's really bad, though. But it's fun. So your top five are Die Hard. Yep. It's a Wonderful Life, although we just established <laughs> it's a sad movie. You don't like it, and it's not good. It's not Christmassy. And then... Jingle all the way. Yes. What are your other two? Oh man. Uh, I really don't like many other Elf. I do like Elf enough okay. to put it That's on the fair. list. I think, I think Elf is like, like putting Elf on there at least is like, you live in the twenty first century. <laughs> yeah, you watch and you've watched Christmas a movie. Christmas movie. So good for you for liking Elf. <laughs> at least you could name <laughs> Elf. What's the one uh, where the guy dresses up as the elf? <laughs> What's that one called? Elf. Oh, yeah, that one. that one. That's on the list. What else? Um, I don't know. What's your fifth? You have a fifth spot. Nothing Nothing on there? Just ended at four? Oh, what's the one? Krampus? The Krumpus. I didn't like that. I didn't watch that. That was I Kevin Smith. I didn't see that. No, right? I thought it was the horror one. With yeah, the... Kevin Smith made that, I'm pretty sure. Did he? I didn't actually see it. I just said it because yeah, because it's, it's all you know. I'm trying. Bad Santa, or the Fridays? Okay, hold on. Not the original Friday because that's obviously not a Christmas movie. Friday after next. I never saw it with Mike Epps. No, an Ice Cube. That's a Christmas movie and it's great. <laughs> I I mean I believe it. That's a okay. Christmas songs. I obviously uh, Run DMC's Christmas song is I like the Christmas and Hollis. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah. Um, okay, so you only have really four Christmas movies, so there you go. Alright, so my five. Number one, right off the bat, Polar Express. So good. Oh, I hate that movie. Everyone hates it, and I think it, I don't understand why. It's just creepy. It's not, though. It gets to the Uncanny Valley. The what? The Uncanny Valley. What is that? It's the idea that there's, like, when you have, like, animation or some sort of, like, even like animatronic or those types of things, when you get too close to human, it just weird. It's uncanny, and that's the uncanny valley. So like people don't like to look at it or interact with it or think about it. Okay, I think that's probably why I kind of like it. Right? Is that it's just it's a little off, <laughs> but it's whatever the, what everyone else hates about it. That's what I like. Yeah, but you know what I really like about it? Unlike all your Christmas movies, it's a Christmas movie. It's about Christmas. All my, wait, all my Christmas movies are definitely Christmas movies. And you know what? Let's go. The Santa Claus 3, that yeah. one. The reason why that movie isn't good is because it's not about Christmas. The first two are. 
That third one isn't. So that's why that one gets. Is that left the one with the, the like the blue person? Yeah, it's Martin Short, and he just is terrible in it. It's weird and creepy. I don't like it. It's about <laughs> like hating your life as Santa Claus, and you, you're not. It's dumb. I don't like it. And they do play heavy into like the whole divorce thing. And they do in the first one too, but whatever. Um, I don't really mind that much. I just think it's, I like you look at a lot of movies from the '90s and you're like, oh my god, the divorce. Well, it's a good thing. Yeah, look at um, was it Miss Doubtfire? Yeah, that's another good one. movie though. I don't like premising children's movies on divorce though. Divorce was me, divorce was hot. I know in there's the a lot. Of, I know there's a lot the of divorced families, but I feel like our culture. See, here's my thing. When our culture enforces, especially on our young population, These negative thoughts, cultural yes. ideas, it exacerbates the cultural ideas down the line. <clears throat> yep. Those problems become more common, like accepted and commonplace. Yeah. And that's not good for society. But in I think, my opinion... But I think it's... But I don't think fine. that's... They're I trying to emulate they're emu- Exactly, right? They're trying to emulate society and then in turn... But they have a lot of responsibility. Further. I get it. I get it. Yeah, but they have a lot of responsibility um, on how they communicate those messages. So let's see. Polar Express. Just like we do as Santa a fountain Claus of disinformation for the world. I think then uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the Jim Carrey one. Oh, my God. I don't like that movie either. Love that movie. I think it's just great. Weird. It is weird, but I like it. I like the Seuss world. It's... Although, I'm sure if you dig deeper into Dr. Seuss, there's probably some shit there. I don't know what, but. I don't know. I don't want to go there. I don't want to... I think he's great. Let's but leave it there. That movie's good. So that's... Th- I'm counting Santa Claus 1 and 2 as one movie, I think. Well, I guess I could count it as two, because I don't know if I have any others. Where's Die Hard on your list? Die Hard doesn't make my list. How does it not make your list? it's not a Christmas It's one movie. of the best movies of all time, let alone the best Christmas movie. My it favorite... should be number one on everyone's Christmas list, simply because... Listen. It's a Christmas movie. And it's a better movie than every other Christmas movie. <sighs> yes, right? Because like, so it it's should a be real number, movie. So everyone should believe it. I think in, it's the same thing with Christmas music, right? It's like, <laughs> we know Christmas songs. Yeah. They're worse than other songs. I mean, they're not like... Very yeah. few of them are like good songs. It's weird. I gotta be honest. Like Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. like, that's a good song. It doesn't here's, have to be Christmas for you to listen to that. Song. Here's what we're gonna here's what we're gonna talk about some we're gonna touch on some weird stuff. The there's something very spiritual about this time of year. You know what I mean? So like the corporate <clears throat> appropriation of those feelings for capitalism and consumer capitalism throughout like the modern times, like the fifties through the last decade or so like that's really where i get like oh my gosh i hate christmas things like i hate when this spirit that we have at christmas time is marketed and sold back to us when it's something that comes from our own faith in specific things that are at war with our culture so like i don't it makes me sad because i like christmas what it is i dislike how it's marketed or how it what it's become a lot so I understand that, but I think that's every holiday. Sure, Christmas is obviously the, the most. Yeah, but like, look at the way Valentine's Day isn't even real. <laughs> like, it's not even a real day, and we just pretend it is for but, cards and chocolates. But it has flowers. more to do with the actual. Like, I actually believe there's a reason why people 
are so drawn to Christmas and the holiday spirit and all these things. Because like, it makes you feel Whether good. it's Catholic, there's Catholicism presence. and the birth of Christ or any Christianity, or whether it's something deeper in our human psyche towards Mother Nature in this time of year, whatever it is, it's now taken See, I like, a position in our culture where it's a commodity, and that's weird. But, yeah, but I think that's so surface level. Because I, I do believe... Most people, I think, understand Christmas isn't is more than just like what's marketed to us. It's a time where you spend time with your family. You have a little more downtime from work, and you get to be around your family. You get to spend a little more time. You go to church a little bit more. And you know what? Even if that's for negative reasons as to why people are going back to church, at least they're getting there. They're remembering what it's about. I think that. I don't think it's service level. I think that it's... I'm trying to express that I do think it's not just the spending time with your family. It's not just the aspects of it that are... That we are reminded of. Because I do think those things are encompassed in it. You I think, think the bigger thing that... bid for our control. Humanity. Let's say, hypothetically, humanity is a more spiritual creature than we give it credit for in the modern day. Like, I think there's really a cultural assault on religion and the religion i think is a good thing because it channels that human energy that is spirit that is spirituality so like if we got if society was entirely secular all that energy that i do think the human being produces that we call spiritual energy but is just our auras or whatever you want to whatever religion or philosophy you want to tap into I think at this time of year when we're celebrating it, it creates a lot of power. I don't know what you want to call it. Like we have a lot of good will that's created at this time that could be channeled in ways that might be more beneficial if it weren't so directed at the consumerism and the marketing that we all know exists. But that's... But, yeah. I don't know. We're I not saying... It, it's not that different from what we're saying. But, yeah, but, and I, but I also just don't know... To what extent? No, but like... I don't think you can do anything about that, right? Like, anything that gets celebrated as a culture. Mm-hmm. Go to Mexico for Day of the Dead, right? Like, yeah. I'm sure the com- the businesses there do a lot more in sales for with, with the sugar skulls and things like that, right? Yeah. It That's just what happens in a society, especially a capital, such a big capitalistic society as America is. It's like, yeah, we're going to make a big dollar off your Christmas spending, the idea... But I don't necessarily think that's, like, an evil reason, an assault on our... I don't think it's evil. I agree. It's not necessarily malicious. No, exactly. where are we in our, like, our, what is it, the double hockey stick? Is that what it is? H-E double hockey sticks? No. Or hockey sticks? Grown people. I don't know, the the line on a graph that living organisms and society share where, like, you go up, 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 and then when you start to plateau, it's like the end. You know, well, you said this years ago, though, with, like, like societal death. Like, yeah. Like, this is society. In my chose, opinion. You chose to say Ariana Grande was the sign that our society <laughs> was dying. Which I still disagree with. Like, there are plenty of artists you can, like, attack. Why, did, why was it? Like, I, I Ari- for some why. reason, you just had it out for Ariana Grande <laughs> and went after. Which is, like, she's pretty talented. Like, maybe I like, she, uh, she's fine. But, you're right. Like, the, the bar... For what we consider entertainment, the bar for what it's, we consider we're getting news, more on the down. Everything turn. is down, yeah. and it's like, well, at some point. So, like, I think I think it's getting 
we're past the and that's peak. why that's why I had such an issue like old man take such an issue with WAP yeah like that to me was like what are yeah. we doing here like it's I think we're we're showing signs of a culture that's declining yeah in my opinion but I think that's around the world too like I don't think that's just here yeah, human but, culture. Um, what's interesting about the neoconservative all that global elite establishment is that I actually wanted to talk about religion. Oh, because we started talking about it on Thanksgiving. Correct. Because um, I, I don't even know how it came up, but about Catholicism and obviously we both we grew up Catholic. We went to Catholic schools like our whole life. Um, you went to Catholic university. I went to Felician College, which is a Catholic college, and you now go to church. Well, you've always gone to church. You are a youth minister. Like you have a very, very, Catholic, very background. Catholic background. And me, on the other hand, like I, not that I don't have a Catholic background, I do clearly. I, once I moved to Florida, I stopped going to church just because I'm living on but my you own. You've I never, was working Sundays. Never even thought about it. Yeah. And to me, I definitely fell out of religion. But then the reintroduce the reintroduction introduction. Jeez, I can't speak. Um, Christianity instead of Catholicism. And it really interests me. and got me a little bit more excited, more into it. Yeah. But you, you didn't, I don't think you like that. I think that before you discount Catholicism, you should just give it a chance. Like, I don't know if you've necessarily ever had. I don't think I have. Yeah. But this is this is what I say, right? Is that it? This is. I don't. I'm not going to blame any specific teachers or anything like that. But I just think it's the product of the environment. Is I, mean, I grew it's, up. It's a stuffy religion. It was no one like the way Christianity was introduced to me was. Were the OG Christianity you, do? Do you have? How's your relationship with God? Sure. To which I only have one answer, which is not good. Yeah. For sure, not good. And that's on me, of course. But what are you going to do with a born-again Christian? But, hold on. <laughs> You're already a Christian. You don't need to be born again. Just go pray. Okay, but that's... Okay, so this is... I had this conversation with him, right? And he says... I said, well, how do I... This sound, everything sounded good. And I said, I want to have a relationship with God, right? Yeah. Like, I, that was never talked... No one ever talked to me about having a relationship with God. And I asked him, like, well, how do I do that? And he goes, pray. Yeah, exactly, Pray. And I think this is my issue with Catholicism and, and like Catholic schooling in particular. Is this type of stuff, the realness of just like, hey, have a relationship with God. Pray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one ever taught me how to pray. They must have. I, I, not again, really. I said you should have come they to my They teach it at such a base level when you're a kid, right? Like, yeah. pray for the things you're thankful for at night and say the Our Father. And then you're, then we're, taken to church every Friday or every first Friday of the month in school and then you'd maybe go with your parents on Sunday but like I don't know I don't think it's taught on a deep enough level and, probably not and I do think that a lot of that's on me too right like how many times did I but sit if, in church tuned out to a homily yeah I mean if you go to church on Sunday and you listen to the just the readings that's what's important and then the sacraments are important so there's a lot of focus on you know the what what religion class will teach you or what, um, you know, what the rules are and all these things. But the only thing that really matters at the end of the day in the Catholic faith are what Jesus actually says in, through his word in the gospel and your relationship with him through your receiving of the Eucharist and your, you know, your fulfillment of the sacraments. 
So if you do those things, then your relationship with God is, you know, kind of up to yeah, you to and pursue. And I started with, uh, I went back and I just tried to like read the Gospels. Yeah. And I gave up real fast. <laughs> I was like, get like, out of here. <laughs> and like, I feel bad about it. Like, I wish I kept going and I, I'm going to try to keep going, but you could, number one, I don't like reading as is. I, I, There's a great app. Called, the Bible called app. Uverse. Yeah, the Bible yeah, app. Yeah, and it'll read you the Bible. Yep, you can just put it on your car and listen. But I have, you know, I got part of my take to listen to. <laughs> I got, like, I'm not even listening to music. I can't listen to the Bible. Yeah, see, we talked about the my suitcase is full. <laughs> Sorry, God. <laughs> Sorry, God. Maybe next time. But no, I guess that's the point, though, of all this, right? It's like, that's culture. Culture did that to me, maybe, right? Maybe. Like, I need to empty out the suitcase, put God in first. And then let the other stuff come. I don't know. And I would just like to point out that the organized church, in my opinion, has a lot of flaws. And the yeah, Catholic like you can't, church, you can't fuck itself. children. And then I—that's bad. That's really bad. The Catholic Church itself has a lot of flaws, and the especially now the current leadership of the church is highly questionable. And a lot of the rules of the church are like, highly like, suspect. Okay. But <clears throat> like, look at Pope Francis. But the Catholic Church is the Church of Christ. It is the. It was. The lineage of Christ Himself to Peter, our popes are a representation of that. We have the saints. We have a, we have such a history that's rich and beautiful, and at the center of the Catholic Mass, in spite of COVID, where they've changed it, they've butchered it, they've made it at some sort of fucking Frankenstein, but at the center of the Catholic Mass is a really beautiful tradition that you can follow all the way back to the Last Supper, that unites every single Catholic in this world to one another. In the body of their Lord and Savior. Now, I have all sorts of out there theories on what God is and who the universe is and everything like that. But I do believe that Jesus Christ walked this earth. And I do believe he was an inspired, incredible individual who was capable of amazing and important things. That is worth remembering today. And that's why we follow him. And I think the Catholic Church is the best representation of his message you're going to find on earth today. And... In spite of all the ways it's been tampered with through time and history in order to control the masses and all of that. Even in spite of those things, I think it's worth knowing your Catholic faith before you decide to abandon it. Because I really am a fan of the Catholic faith as much as I dislike the Catholic Church. And anyone out there who's looking for an interesting read on the Catholic Church uh, and into some kind of conspiracy theories, there's a book called Infiltration. Um and uh, give me a second, I'll get you the author. Yeah, didn't we talk about this? Such a good book. Um, I think it, I was interested in reading it. Did you finish it? I did finish it. Yep, I have do it have upstairs. It? Okay, yep. maybe I should take that. But no, like, I mean, I, I do. I think I do want to start with Catholic Mass. Like, go back, really listen. You know, I, as an adult now, like maybe I have a different perspective on things. Like, I found that a lot about a lot of things in my as I've gotten older. Just Given things a little more thought, not so quick to just like dismiss things. So, I think that maybe you should try and incorporate prayer more into your routine. Don't even worry about like what you're praying to or like faith, other than the fact that you're kind of engaging that spirituality. And, um, yeah, and in the Catholic faith, we have something called the hours that like priests pray mm-hmm. and other religious faithful and they pray at scheduled points of the day sort of like kind of like a muslim would do like uh five times a day or mm-hmm. whatever it is and they stop during their day they get out their little prayer book and they just make sure that they say it at every you know at the hours that they're supposed to say it. 
Um, so yeah, prayer is very important. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe that's something I need then. I would always suggest that people don't discount the real spirituality that exists in the world. And we're all just searching for the truth, right? And it's very hard for me to believe that atheism is, is the truth when from the beginning of human history we've had a connection to this spiritual side and we've had a longing to seek truth and wisdom. And remember, discoveries throughout human history that come from the field of science and mathematics have come very often and frequently from the Catholic Church or from people involved with the Catholic Church. Science Mike, science Mike said on the Pete Holmes podcast years ago about the the human what the human brain and how belief in something is innate to us and that if you wiped out humanity right now left no traces of anything and started fresh religion would come back because religion is something that's in us yeah we want to believe there's some there's a spirituality within and there's a drive for us to absolutely find the truth and of life that question so the, the, actually what's fun is that the topic that actually got me and this kid talking about christianity and started the whole religion topic was me and you had a very similar conversation about the the elites in this world the people that we believe are part of a bigger network cabal of of satanists wrongdoings these what i think is like evil right these are powerful people in high positions and they'll have these spirit cooking dinners, like the celebrities that are there. And you could say it's it's an art form, right? Well, it's I an mean, art just show. Just look at Bohemian Grove. And at like... the end of the day, yeah, these people. Epstein had a religious temple on these his powerful people believe in something. Yeah, Be- and they they believe it works. They believe they in believe a... it's real. You think? Here's what I don't like: when they'll get on Catholics, like look at how they talked about Amy Coney Barrett's like religion, where oh she ha- she belongs attacked. to this group and it's attacked, right? But something like bohemian grove like the elites believe enough to stand in the woods in robes to burn an effigy of a giant owl like they believe enough to get that committed and go out there and meet in secret and not talk about it and take secret blood oaths whether it's a game to you or not whether it's a joke to you or not whether there's just some club where they're really looking to better humanity or not there is a spiritual element the, there the email from sally yates yeah put on said, the full armor of god so that blah blah, blah you know the, back in the WikiLeaks dump when sally yates had that email about sacrificing a chicken to moloch yeah it's like these people have and, a connection to this other other type of religion if you want to call it a religion but if they believe it's real, right? If that's their whether, thing, what's whether they ours? believe it's real in the sense that they follow it in a religious way, or whether they believe it's real in the sense where it is something that they use as a joke or a crutch or a, I don't know, whatever it is, like just like a secret, I don't know, handshake. Whether it's nothing as more serious than than that, if it, I think it naturally goes deeper. It has to. When you're talking about presidents and billionaires, like why are they eating cakes shaped like shaped humans? like humans? But and with like why are they drinking blood and, and semen? It's like you would you go that far for like just a joke? Would you go that far for a performance art? Would you go? I don't think so. I think you're really believing in in the power of drinking 
blood, even if it's fake blood. I think you believe Things in the power of, of eating a human cake. These acts, yeah. Because it, it represents you eating the flesh of a man, and, and that maybe gives you something. And that shit terrifies me. Because if that's real, then I think, well, if that's real, God's real. And I, I mean, I, I, I believe God's been real forever, but like, it, it get get right <laughs> because the people that might be in charge very soon are these people. It is interesting where we're in, at a position where we do know so many things for fact. That are conspiracy theories. It's weird. Yeah. And we just kind of all Like, spirit it. cooking isn't a conspiracy. No, spirit cooking is real. Like, like let's just, we real. know it happened, that it's a thing they do. Yeah. Now, whether it's artwork or a joke or whatever. And that's what it always be. gets played as. It's like, it's, 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 it's an art show. It's an art piece. It's not, it's not real. Anything the most powerful people in the world are doing, people who want to force vaccinate you, the people who want to lock you down. Anything that hey, they're doing is worth being skeptical of. I'm pretty proud that we've gone this episode three. We've not talked about COVID. Yeah. Like, no reason seriously, to. Seriously, COVID. Really no reason to talk about it. Love it. Honestly, this whole hysteria about cases and the second lockdown is so horrifying to me that it makes me sick to my stomach i'd rather not talk about it there's no need for more people to talk about covid if we all just didn't talk about covid it'd just go away yeah (laughs) it'd be fine if you all just lived your life like there was no covid and didn't talk about covid covid would come covid would go and we'd all be better off the suicide rates are through the roof all across the world Poverty in the third world if you is want to going talk, to be crippling. If you want to talk about what COVID does. Starvation across the third world. This I, is a I population save, control event. I want to save anxiety talk for a future episode and like really get into it. And like eventually have like a serious episode where I discuss anxiety. Because what happened to me over the past 10 months I think is one of the most astounding things that I've ever been through. It's been the craziest thing I've ever experienced. Yeah. Um, and that... COVID didn't create that, but it stemmed from COVID. I had, like, COVID triggered uh, a mental breakdown that I never saw coming, didn't think was possible. And it's like, you're doing more harm than good. Yeah. Locking these people inside, giving someone who had a job and was going every day to, like, now, you're going to sit at home, you have nothing to do, and you're just going to question your existence and your life and panic about everything. And legitimately shook me to my fucking core. Um, so yeah, I'm very against the lockdown and stuff. I think I think the the disease can't do nearly as much harm as we're doing with all our other shit. Yeah, I agree. And in the beginning, maybe it was a little different because we didn't know as much. But like now, with like the death rate just being pretty steady for this entire time, like we know what it is. We know that how serious it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh i mean we haven't really touched much on election issues which is good yeah i think we're just at this point with the election i think we're just in just let it wait and see just wait and see let's see what's gonna happen trump it is november 29th yeah the election was four weeks ago almost not conceded trump every day tweets about election fraud and how he's not going anywhere yeah. so if you're waiting for trump to just like accept 
this as like a loss, good luck. I don't think it's <laughs> happening. I think this is going to go the distance. Uh, yeah. so we'll gonna... be here in a couple months still talking about what is happening. Um, I did see a tweet that had absolutely no proof behind it, but hey, you know what? We're a podcast of disinformation. Um, and it said, hearing rumblings from the Biden campaign that they're urging him to concede the race <laughs> due to the mounting voter fraud evidence. That's evidence to me. And I was just like, I believe it. Fuck yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> just concede. Like, oh yeah, never mind. You won. I like how nothing is evidence so that, so now it's like everything is evidence. Like anything I see is like. Listen, the Democrats have done this for five years and I think it's brilliant. And the Republicans have not learned to take a page out of their book, which is just, just ignore everything. It's crazy. <laughs> it works. There's real evidence that there was, there, there was. Voter fraud, or uh, there's there's Ma- a question around this election, this mass mail-in voting. There and then are the, questions the, to it, and then the voting machine. And they just say no. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. It works. It's effective. Because, but you know why it's effective? Because they have the media on their side. Like yes. If they didn't, you can't just be like, no. They have a giant megaphone. That but it's genius. Like, we and say it's not no. just media. It's not it's social media. Too. Then the media gets behind it. They say it's not real, Think- and then therefore people will just believe. That it's not real and that we're the crazy ones for just wanting to question. Well, they're going to think we're the crazy ones regardless. But think about the power you have when you could just slap a th- on anyone's social media post a big sticker that okay, says so this was on, false. Yeah. All right. So on your Facebook post from the meme, the two Joe days Biden ago, meme. It, was just, it was just a picture of Joe Biden with a quote beside his head. That we he have, absolutely said. We have uh, the greatest network of voter fraud of organized voter fraud you've ever seen, right? Like, I missed... I'm obviously not exact there, but that's legitimately the quote. But the quote from the meme is authentic. It is an authentic quote. So, like, what is... The fact checker said that's not true, but... Well, well he misspoke. They said he misspoke. That's spin. That's a crazy misspeak. If we had a murder... so If we believed a murder took place, and you had half the people who said, there was no murder, and yet the other half of people said... We believe there's murder because outside there are footprints of a murder. The murderer owns the house that we believe the murder took place in. And the murderers, we believe the guy who murdered him himself is on record, on camera, saying, saying he murdered him. I buried the body in the backyard. I mean, I didn't so bury the body in the backyard. So then you say he misspoke. <laughs> the footprints are fake. are fake. And that just because he owns the house doesn't mean that's evidence. Yeah. <laughs> which that's that was, what a great analogy because like you own the voting which by the way go back to the quote about like the network of voter fraud that's yeah. what this was this it wasn't was a just network. this was a plan of In we're not going to win this election let's do everything we can cities. to steal it yeah and the votes make no sense all over the place like just in these four cities. There's a lot of data. It's four cities. There's a lot of data analysts out there now who have taken stabs at a bunch of different data points. And if you really want to look into it, like, it's not crazy to question these things. You don't usually, you can't really go many places in the world and win 95 plus percent of the votes. Except in Detroit or Chicago or Philadelphia. And these or, all just happen to be in the biggest swing states and they're big enough swing to states. swing the electoral college. And they're... D- Controlled by Democrats for decades and decades and decades. And you're telling me that the that the Democrats after the Hillary Clinton loss that I believe there was cheating in that. I think they. Definitely yeah, I think were. there was cheating in that election too, but they didn't know the extent that they were going to lose by. Yeah, and that's and why it looks closer than it was. And they Biden tried to got eighty million plus eight, votes. 
It makes well, like, no it sense. doesn't make any sense. That's why they had to change the laws to mail-in so that they could make the claim that it was because of the mail-in. Million. Which I still don't believe. Of I don't course think there's not. that many It's mail-ins. ridiculous. But it's not ridiculous if you're a Democrat. I understand. You don't want to Trump to be you president think, still. You think we're crazy. Which is why we're probably going to have a civil war. And that's fine if that's what we're agreeing Ooh, I like with. that. Three-episode streak <laughs> to start the podcast of there will be a civil war. I mean, if things continue on this path, that's where we're headed. I mean, neither side is going to concede. We both really don't like each other. God, not personally. I have plenty of friends who are Democrats. I live in a blue state. I have no ill will towards any individual Democrat that's not directly related with the Democrat National Committee. Like, it's nothing personal. But your political beliefs right now, in my opinion, are destroying our nation and going to ruin the future for my children. So I need to do something about it. And I'm not going to let you fraudulently steal an election. If we have a nice audit, we look at all the signatures from your bullshit rule changes, and we make sure that none of the dead people voted, and all the signatures match, and no one voted twice, and there was no crazy irregularities. And if we can't make that clear, and if you guys destroy ballot envelopes and destroy ballots and destroy memory cards and wipe voting machines and try to run out the clock, we're going to go to the legislatures in these states, which are all controlled by Republicans. We're going to convince them not to certify their elections or not to send electors for Biden. We'll drag us both under 270 and we'll vote in the House where we'll win because we have a three-state lead. Which is fine. Oh, I think we're just in for what's going to be a crazy future. And you know what? For as much as you don't like the the Christmas stuff of it, yeah, this might be the... Maybe we need it. Yeah. Maybe we really need the distraction. Because this is going to go, go on long after Christmas. <coughs> Nothing's going to change being on Twitter every day, fighting it. <coughs> just kind of wait. Enjoy the holidays. Enjoy your family. Maybe get back in touch with God. And then after the holidays, buckle up. Because inauguration ain't that far away. And we're all going to be... who the fuck knows where we're going. What's going to happen? Woo! That's it. Yeah. Like, I... And I think that's... I mean... That was a great place to... to I think that's where we should leave it. Because who has any answers? But we wish all of our listeners good health and happy, happy times, happy holidays... Especially if you're a Democrat, goodwill to you. We're, we're not trying to ruffle anything. We're all just trying to get through this together. Survive the world. But again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Please keep following along, listening, sending us feedback. Share if you like. We appreciate it. And yeah, sharing would be awesome. All right, have a good night. Thank you.
So I, I, oh no. Ooh, nice jingle. Who is it? Mom? <laughs> Hi, Mom. Hello? What's up? Yeah, we're recording a podcast. Bye. All right.